Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, you picked a, a solid time to take a nice little break. I was hoping all. so. Yeah, it <laughs> seemed to work out for me, didn't it? <laughs> we don't need to get into details, uh, but but yeah, I'm 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 wishing I would have joined you on that break. I'm I'm you know. Yeah, there's a reason possibly. why people get away during during that time. Were Only you one of the 150? It's like after 3 a.m., nothing good happens. Yeah, nothing good happens during All-Star break. Were you one of the 150 people who went to Miami? I most certainly was not. Yeah. <laughs> not quite your scene? No, <laughs> not exactly. <laughs> um, today's show, to welcome Pete back into the fold, we are going to jump around with some headlines, not from stuff he missed. There was We don't need to go back down those paths, but... Uh, there was actually quite a bit of news as everybody is kind of getting back and ramping up and getting ready for the second half of the season. And uh, there's just quite a few headlines here. So we're just going to jump around um, our old, the, the site that you and I both both used to contribute to, Silver Screen and Roll. We're going to jump around the headlines there. Uh, and and so I'm going to give you the, the the choice of where to start. So one headline I'm looking at, Lakers are reportedly still in the market for another center because they're disappointed with Marcus Gasol. Uh, along those same lines, they re-signed Damian Jones to a second 10-day contract. Jeannie Buss explains why she's willing to pay the luxury tax for the Lakers. Um, the last two here, the last one is LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma, and Montrezl Harrell are among finalists for the 2021 Olympic team. So where do you want to start amongst those ones? Oh, those are some good ones. Um, let's do let's do the luxury tax. I was yes. excited to hear hear that. Yeah, solid solid uh, choice by you to make your boss look good. Hey man, you know <laughs> you, uh, you don't know that half of it. <laughs> no, I, I I agree with you that it's actually bigger news than any of the, any of the other stuff. Even if the center stuff is more pressing, right? Sure. Sure. Yeah, this is more like, you know, what are we going to be for the next few years as opposed to what are we going to be right now, especially with Mark and AD out? Yeah, it's the difference between, hey, that was a nice little run and holy shit, they're capable of a dynasty. That's which right. Which is what we're here for. You know, that's what we're Lakers fans uh, for. So she was on ESPN's first take and uh, and was asked about, you know, revenue and and some of the decisions that the Lakers have to make. And she gave uh, a, a nice, you know, longish answer on the situation. Quote, it's difficult with the loss of revenue to due to no ticket sales in the arena. We are in a league that is dictated by a salary cap, a collective bargaining agreement. So we have to abide by all those rules. But the luxury taxes for teams that have championship aspirations. And certainly that is something where we want to keep the Lakers at the top of the conversation. And once LeBron James decided to join the Lakers, the way he's playing, it doesn't seem like he's 36 years old. But when you have a player like LeBron James on your team, you've got to go for it. You've got to go. You've got to use that opportunity to win. So we'll manage the cap like every other team uh, in the league has to. We play by the same rules. Uh, that's as close as you're going to get an owner to going on the record and saying luxury tax, luxury tax. Yeah. Yeah. We're here to win. We've got LeBron James. I, I love the simplicity in that argument. Like, yeah, have LeBron James like, duh, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> if, if you're ever going to go for it, this is the time to do it. Right. Um, and so that was that was really encouraging to hear. I'm curious to see how that looks in reality. Um, one thing about the 
Kobe Powell teams. And remember, we extended Bynum during that time. Lamar was on a big contract. We were in that territory during those years as well. And while we certainly went for it and we won a couple of titles, we also would sell some picks here and there. And Mm -hmm. I think that that period of time, your draft picks in particular are kind of a lagging indicator on what your team will be. And we were great during those years. We won a couple of titles and even the couple of years after we didn't win a title, but we were still very good team. Uh, But that the last few years before this championship season or before LeBron got here really uh, when we were really bad, I think was a result of, we had a long time where we, you know, didn't use many of our picks. And when we did, they weren't particularly good, which seems to be different with this scouting department and this, uh, you know, that version of our team, even when we're having second round picks now, it's like, Hey, I can play a bit. Right. And one of the guys that's up for uh, a contract that could be uh, where the luxury tax could be factored in is THT. Right. And so we didn't have THTs. We weren't drafting Mm -hmm. those types of guys during the lat or Caruso's finding guys like that. Right. That wasn't happening during that era, and it's part of why we were bad in the, in the 2010s for a good portion of it. Um, so I'm curious to see. Look, I I appreciate the willingness, right? Now it does sound like she's down. There's also some point where you go like, do I want to put like what's Golden State plant paying for Kelly Oubre, right? <laughs> like, would you if if there's a, a decent player on the market, but between his salary and the cost on the luxury tax it's an extra 50, $60 million burden. And he's like, he's good, but he's not a star, right? So no matter how willing she is and and the organization is, there's going to be a line somewhere on every decision, right? Of, of, do we pay this amount? So I'm really curious to see where that line ends up landing. And that's going to be a moving line to some extent based on who's available. I don't even think it's a who's available kind of line either. Like, the Lakers are going to have to sit like, so for example, the bare minimum, I think that they're going to have to go into next season with is they're probably going to have to bring back two of KCP and, or not KCP, uh, Schroeder, Caruso, and THD, right? Two of those three players probably have to be back next year. I'd the like th- all of them to be back ideally. No, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, but but three of those three players coming back, you're bordering on a luxury for lack of a better term. <laughs> like that's why it's called a luxury tax. Right. <laughs> sure. And, and, and so uh, that's where I think the Lakers are, you know, that's, that's the first line that we're going to see is with keeping their current core together, what they're willing to spend to do that. And look, we've already seen them give Kyle Kuzma an extension, We've already seen them. Obviously, it's a very easy decision with LeBron and, and, and Anthony Davis, but I think it was also super telling decisions on the part of LeBron and Anthony Davis that they signed up for the next five years. And I think, you know, Jeannie Buss going on, going on ESPN here and basically reciprocating that commitment is, is the biggest news that we're going to get even over the next few weeks while they try to put together the, the rotation that they're trying to put together for, for this year. Um, and then, and then like you're saying the lines that they might have to draw on the sand when it comes to adding players on the peripheries, well, because of, because of this draft teams, you know, scouting department's ability to find Caruso's and to find THT's, they aren't going to need to add the Kelly Oubre's the way that, you know, Golden State, Jordan Bell, 
looked good for a little bit, kind of a bust, right? Damian Jones on this very team looks good for a little bit, kind of a bust. And they haven't really found their draft, their, their draftees who extend the window with that and 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 don't require the kind of spending that you used that that you have to spend on guys like Kelly Oubre. And, and so like what the Lakers have been able to do here is have their cake and eat it too, to a certain extent compared to other teams that go on these kind of dynastic runs. So it's easy kind of, you know, relatively speaking, it's easier, I guess, for Jeannie bus to go out there and say like, yeah, we don't mind spending because they know exactly what they're going to be spending on. It's, it's a lot easier for, for Jeannie bus to go out there and say, yeah, I, I don't mind spending to keep this core together, to keep this championship championship team together because she knows exactly what she would be spending on most, you know, if you're, if you were to have, was it Joe Lacob? It's Joe Lacob is the mm-hmm. owner of the Warriors, right? Mm-hmm. If he was to go out and give that same interview and he'd be like, well, if I was to say that same thing a few years ago, would I be that comfortable saying I was going to spend all this money on Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre? You know, I, I don't know that I would have been very comfortable doing that. And, and so, you know, what's, what's great about this genie bus appearance appearance is that it's, it's all of these things kind of coming together and, and she gets to be the capper on the top of it, who just stands there and says like, yeah, this is what we've all worked for. This is this keeping a team like this together is exactly what we've worked as hard as we have to be able to do. That's, I love the point that you made about LeBron and AD signing long-term deals. You got to figure at some point they're asking questions of like, hey, so what's the plan? What yeah. is your approach to this over the next few years? Because that's going to impact them, right? So the fact that they signed, not just resigned, but signed really long-term deals portends well for the answers that they got to those questions. Mm-hmm. Secondly, while you're absolutely right that the majority of this is bringing known quantities back, there will be... MLE signings, oh, right? Yeah. Even luxury tax will will have a lower MLE than than other teams would, but there there will always be those decisions coming up, even in the trade market as well. Of is this guy worth it? So you're right that the the core of it are guys that we know, but there will be those choices yeah. coming up that I'm very curious to see how we approach those. And and some of those decisions, by the way, are going to be made in the next couple of weeks. they they might have a decision to make on somebody like montrez harrell and 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 what they do at the center spot and 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 all of those things so let's take a quick second here when we come back we will segue smoothly actually into the uh the center discussion get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new locked on today podcast peter bukowski hosts locked on today in a daily podcast breaking down the biggest news stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On today wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is brought to you in part by betonline.ag. Use that promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% deposit bonus. Today's bet of the day, the Lakers are finally in action again. Uh, They are at home playing against the Indiana Pacers. They are giving four and a half points to said Pacers. And I, I think this is a, a good game for the Lakers to get back on track. Everybody's a, a little healthier. Everybody is, is more rested. And, and I think this is a, a decent opportunity for us to make a few bucks off of our uh, beloved Lakers team. Whether you want to fade me or follow me, though, do so at betonline.ag and then use that promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% deposit bonus. 
They have basketball. Look, it's March Madness is, is basically upon us at this point. They have all kinds of bets for those festivities. They have soccer bets. They have baseball bets. They have hockey bets. They have basketball bets from Australia, China, Europe, France, Poland, South Korea. You name it. Bet Online is going to have you covered if you're looking for any kind of action. Just if you're going to do any uh, gambling, please do so responsibly. It's so nice sometimes where I sound like I'm good at my job. <laughs> like you make you do that? <laughs> it's so nice where I get to say like, hey, look at that. It wound up all right. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and choose the next one here. And... Uh, the the headline here it's the biggest one on silver skin and roll typical silver skin and roll trying to ruffle feathers you know freaking harrison Um, (laughs) (laughs) this was from uh sam amick of the athletic i I, he told me it's amick and i still feel weird saying amick instead of amick yeah uh but so this was a a a q a it looks like and somebody asked uh, him what the best fits for Aldridge are going to be around the league, given the news that he is, is going to be available. And he re- uh, writes back, uh, my early focus here has been on the Lakers. Sources say they're, sources say they're in the market for another big, in large part because Marcus Saul, the Marcus Saul uh, experience hasn't gone as well as hoped. And when you're a reigning champion who sees all these other squads looking capable of stealing your crown, it's never a bad idea to load, load up on options. But first, we have to wait and see uh, if this is going to be a trade or a buyout. Uh, let's say it is a buyout. And I know you can't talk much about players who are currently on other teams, but I want to talk about it more from like a skill set uh, perspective, right? Because we know what skill sets all of these guys bring to the table. And, and one of the things that I've really enjoyed about the Damian Jones experience is that it diversifies the Lakers abilities at that position. Whereas some of these other guys on the market would kind of be duplicating some of the skill sets that the Lakers already have, even if they aren't quote unquote uh, thrilled with the Marcus all experience to this point. So like, let if if you were presented with two players, one is of the Damon Damian Jones ilk, springy, big, who goes out and finishes lobs, and the other is more of the Marcus Gasol ilk, kind of replicating some more of that. Which direction would you go in? Yeah, I, I'm with you on the diversi- diversification of skill sets, and that's why I'm skeptical about the idea that the Marcus Gasol experience has not gone the way like. He's Marc Gasol. Like he's been playing like Marc Gasol. He's been playing like yeah, Marc yeah. Gasol on a short turnaround, right? And but he's he's playing like he's an who older Marc Gasol, but but yeah. still Marc Gasol. He he's the guy that we signed, right? And we're yeah. he's part of the reason why we're the, the number one defense in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. And he's um I think that there's some I th- I I don't think we get the full value of Mark in what so I agree with it in one respect is that we've got so many playmakers and guys to run offense through Mm -hmm. when everybody's healthy right that part of what makes him really fantastic you just don't need as much on this team so you could make the argument that we would be better positioned with a springier springier type of player who could uh who could finish right i would encourage people to look up various players finishing statistics around the rim before they go 
assuming too much about what that player is capable of <laughs> based on reputation. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I like that. I, I, I could get behind the idea that you need a different type of guy. There's also the, and this goes into Trez as well. We think of this through the offensive lens, but all, but more defensively Vogel is his defense is historically built around rim protection and guys who can block shots and be mm-hmm. vertical threats, not just on the offensive end, but on the defensive end. And we don't have that type of guy in our rotation. If we bring one of those guys in, what does that mean for Trez's minutes? What does that mean for Mark's minutes? Right. Mm-hmm. Those are all, and it very well could be, I mean, let's talk about this from the, the point in time when it matters, which is the playoffs. And as we saw last year, there are some series that are appropriate for guys and others that are not having it, a third guy that isn't like Trez that isn't like Mark, that would be my preference. That is like Damian Jones. Right. Um, but then why does that guy sign here to be, part of the rotation when there are other contenders Mm -hmm. that have actual minutes to offer that aren't contingent on, Oh, you're the perfect fit for this series. That's great for us, but maybe not great for that buyout guy or guy who's Mm -hmm. on the market. Otherwise. I'm going to say something that I don't think has been brought up nearly enough uh, when talking about the centers in the buyout market. And it's that I really think we were spoiled by what bright Dwight brought the Lakers last year. Like that was, that was a former MVP candidate, multiple time defensive player of the year type player who yes, lost the step and all of those things, but is still was still when he wanted to be a force defensively. And, and like those kinds of players aren't normally available. The only reason he was available was because there was questions about where his head was at. Yeah. It wasn't a talent issue by any means. Right. And, and so like when we're looking at, at some of the guys that are on the buyout market now, they're more, they, they, they align more closely to what you normally find on a buyout market. You have somebody like LaMarcus Aldridge, who in his prime was a very useful player, but at this stage of his career, like one of my favorite things that I saw that I've seen. So there are two favorite things that have, uh, that I saw over the last couple of days. One was Harrison's reaction live on the show yesterday because the news broke while we were talking and he looked up the defensive stats and getting to see his reaction live was objectively hilarious. It was just really, really funny. He was, he was looking, he was talking, he was like, oh my God, you know? <laughs> and and so, like, for example, I, I just finished car shopping over the last week or so and, and it came down to uh, the Hyundai Palisades and the Mazda CX-9. And, and I was looking at their specs side by side. I drove, we have a CX-5 in, my, in the garage right now. So I, I like Mazda and I was leaning towards the Mazda. I liked the way it looked and all of those things. And then I looked at like the amounts of space that was in both cars side by side. And I was like, oh my God, if I'm getting it to have more size, why would I do that, right? And, and so, uh, and then the other thing that, I, 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 that made me laugh out loud was a thread from, I believe a Spurs fan, who was taking uh, screen grabs of LaMarcus Aldridge where his guy would be shooting three-pointers and Aldridge, for <laughs> for whatever reason, be contesting these three-pointers in the key? <laughs> yeah, like just that dummy defense, just like pretending. No, he was like full-on jumping. It yeah. looked like, 
I might have been fooled by the internet. It might be one of those cases where I'm showing my Dan Levitard fan or whatever. But but he was like like jumping in the key, jumping, leaving the ground <laughs> with his hand up while like Christian Wood is out there shooting a three point. So I love that he jumped. I like there's there are guys that'll do that that'll like put the courtesy hand up. Right. Very yeah. few of them jump. Right. You're at the free throw line. Right. Like. Yeah, Let's see what I can do with this. Yeah, it's like, it's like it's like when in baseball, sometimes you'll see an outfielder when on, on a no doubt about it, Homer, right? Sometimes they'll help out their pitcher and they'll they'll turn and take, take a couple, a couple courtesy steps. jogging <laughs> right. for the wall. Right. Other times they just stand there, don't even turn their head. <laughs> yeah, one, my favorite one of those, I forget, I think it was Puig, but like the ball was hit directly over him and he stuck his hand up like he just stood there and he just stuck his <laughs> stuck his glove up i love twig i know fantastic. i know he drove people crazy i loved him oh man he's one of my favorites um but anyway yeah so i uh to, to get back to the point here i i'm on i just think like you said the lakers have so many creators they have so many guys who are very good at getting guys looks where they want to find those looks and they don't have nearly enough finishers, especially in and specifically around the rim. And like Harrison and I've leaned into this somewhat too, where I have enjoyed, you know, saying Dame time and all of those things about Damian Jones. Um, but I, I really think like no matter what player they would have signed who was capable of finishing at the rim, that's a player I would have bought in, you know, 100% to because they have all these players, whether it's LeBron, uh, Marcus Saul. Schroeder, all these guys who were capable of finding him there and they didn't have anybody really who could go up and get it. And, and I think, you know, whatever direction that they go in here with this extra, with who's going to wind up being their third big, whoever that is has to be, has to have that skill set, has to offer that skill set and, and preferably some rim protection as well. The trick with that though, is that can you do that and defend the perimeter? And if you can do all of that, and like you're probably not on the buyout market in the first yeah, place, right. right? Or or available. Why can't they just go out and sign Anthony Davis again? Right. <laughs> so that is going to be our biggest acquisition, right? In the second right. half, yeah. Anthony Davis coming back and yeah, someone right. who can provide some of that. Um, the thing about Mark, with as slow-footed as he is, and certainly not a lob thread or a finisher around the rim, and I agree with you in those points. Mark can defend the perimeter in mm-hmm. our scheme, right? Like he, whenever he gets it's been super interesting how Vogel has found his defensive role. Like Mark's crafty and clever around the rim and we'll get beat in terms of rim protection, but he also wins his battles where Mm -hmm. he'll get a block relatively, you know, when the ball's still in the guy's hands as he's going up with it, his block numbers are very similar to JaVale, very similar to Dwight, right? Mm -hmm. These are, um, he just goes about it in a different way. But when he has to play on the perimeter, say we're playing one of those teams with guards that can really great pull up three type threats he'll switch onto them and we may otherwise be switching, but if Mark is switched onto the guard, the double team comes and then we get into our scramble mode. Mm -hmm. Mark's really good and smart because then it becomes a matter of rotating back, but also zoning up and like knowing where you're supposed to go, being able to make that read in a split second type of notice. Right. Yeah. So I actually think he, my favorite things really quick is that like, he's very good at, at when he's, when he's recovering back, he makes sure to get to the angle that the that the diagonal pass is going to go to. 100%. Yeah. It's so much fun to watch. 
and and he's able to read exactly where that is mm-hmm. in the moment and go makes very few false steps meaning that yeah a lot of times in rotation like especially if you're trapping yeah, like, watch javel's <laughs> footwork compared to him yeah, man it's hilarious when you're like 30 feet away from the basket and trapping someone as mark is all of everything that's happening behind you, you don't see, right? So you've mm-hmm. got to be able to turn and take a snapshot. You'll hear players say this a lot. Like I take a picture, right? So I turn, you take that snapshot and be able to instantaneously know, oh, I'm supposed to go this way instead of that way. And most players in every player, really, including Mark mm-hmm. will make a false step, right? Be like, oh, I, I thought I was supposed to go this way, but I'm actually supposed to go that way. But Mark does that way less than other guys do. With Mark, like, he has a, his defensive role figured out and we haven't had that for Trez. I'm a big Trez advocate, as you know, because I think he's just this phenomenal weapon on offense and has, has some viability on the defensive end that will fit cer- certain circumstances. Right. But I actually think that that is a bigger question than Mark, right. Is, is what is Trez's defensive role and will he be able to execute that in the higher levels of, of the playoffs? So I would rather, have a, a third guy then replace any of those guys but then it becomes a matter of like why would that third guy sign and what does that mean in the playoffs right does does trez sit out a series that he's not appropriate for does that work right like i mean does mark, guys did last mark year probably does mark probably does yeah yeah but trez is trez is a better player in my opinion than the guys that we had last year. I know, I know you're a big Dwight guy. Uh, Trez is a phenomenal offensive player and has been on a team that hasn't been that good on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's yeah. It's, it's a scale, right. Where, where, where are guys valuable and why, but um, yeah, I, I'm curious to see how that transpires. Where I'm, I'm really hesitant to go all the way here, but I think Trez is an, is a very talented offensive player. I'm just, I have some questions about the way that talent lends itself. Like it's, it's harder to find a way for that to lend itself to winning than it was to, to find a role for Dwight when he was just rim protecting and and rim running and finishing at the rim. You know, it's just, I, I think it's easier to, because there are, because he's like, he's a master of those things that, that you need from that position. And like, for the position that Montrez Harrell plays, I just don't know if he's necessarily a master of the things that you need a power forward to be able to do, let alone a, 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 a small ball five. I agree on the defensive end, maybe, mm-hmm. but on offense, I think he's the only thing that Dwight does better than Trez is, is as a lob threat, right? Yeah. Trez is more of a, he, you know, he's a, he's a dunker, really right? valuable. <laughs> it, it is, but I feel like, I don't know. I feel like people have been pining for Dwight and JaVale all season in that, because it's like a different style of play. Mm-hmm. I don't think well, it's it, that important. Like, and they yeah. won. Like we, we saw the Lakers yes, with win those with guys those on guys. the bench, with those guys like sitting right. out. No, you're right. Series. You're right. But I'm saying like when, 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 when Lakers fans are going through the season that the Lakers are going through right now, where it's been a little bit more frustrating than, they maybe thought it was going to be, of course, they're going to go back to like, Hey, can we go back and like, you know, be more of the team that we just saw win a championship. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that it's human nature, but we've been in second gear and we were like 24 and seven when we've mm-hmm. got our guys, we've just been hurt. Like we, we haven't been healthy. We don't have AD. We don't I'm not have saying heart. it's right. I'm just saying that that's where it's coming from. No, I get where, where it's coming from. I'm just saying that I don't think it's right. I don't yeah. think at the end of the day, when the games matter, Oh, 
a whole lot. Like I, I don't think those guys were as important as we remember them as being. But like to, to, to finish this off and we'll move on here in a bit, but when you talk about guys who might not play a series here and there, if you're Andre Drummond and you're 27 years old and you're trying to find maybe one more big contract, why would you go to a place to where you probably know you're not going to play in one of those series? You know, when he goes to Brooklyn, there's a chance that he probably continues to play a bigger role. And I think with Damian Jones, he's more okay with that because where's his opportunity coming from elsewhere, you know? And I, you know, I think Drummond is more talented than, than Jones, but I think Jones is an easier fit with what the Lakers need from their third big, who probably isn't, isn't going to play in like three out of the four playoff series that the Lakers have. I'd be surprised if he played in any of them. If yeah. He's on the team at that point. Like, yeah. All honestly, what I look at Damian Jones is, AD does wants to stay as fresh as he possibly can uh, for, for the postseason for all the right reasons. Right. And, and I think Damian Jones allows him to do that and, and just doesn't come with any of the questions of like, it's not that I, I think that Drummond or Aldridge or whomever would be unhappy or be a locker room problem if they didn't play in those series. It's that like they would anticipate playing in those series. Whereas I think Jones is just like happy to be, in the NBA still. And I think there's, there's value in having somebody like that at the end, at the very, very end of your, of your bench. For sure. Then if that's the case, like I'm not too worried about the guy at the very, very end of our bench. Like what I'm hoping for is somebody like Keith, right? Like yeah. that we signed last year. That's like, yo, this they have super valuable in a playoff series. The, the rotation is better right now than it was when they were trying to fill it out last year, this time last year. Absolutely. And yeah, we so started like, last season with Quinn Cook in the rotation, yeah. Troy Daniels, Jared Dudley. Yeah, we're in good shape. Yeah, that's why I like that. They need less right now from whoever they acquire. So it allows you to go like to just stick with somebody like Jones. You know, yep, that's maybe. that's where I'm sitting. All right, let's take one more second here. When we come back, we're going to finish off with a couple more of these uh, headlines. Probably about. Yeah, we'll see where we go. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network will be live on Selection Sunday, March 14th, reacting to who's in and who's out of the NCAA tournament. Big Ten Ben Stevens and Josh Neighbors host Selection Sunday live with local experts from around the Locked On College Network of Podcasts. Follow at Locked On Live on YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook today and watch our live Selection Sunday special on March 14th. Today's show is brought to you in part by Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com, use that promo code LOCKEDON, and you will save 20% off your next order. Not your first, your next. So however often you go to the website and you make a purchase, use that promo code LOCKEDON, and you're going to save 20% off. And you're saving 20% off on an incredible product. We've been working with these guys forever now. And it is a the kind of thing, the kind of partnership you're really proud of, not just because of the ability that we've been able to work together, but also because of how great the product itself is and how easy it is to sell. I've told my family about it, close friends back home, uh, friends that I've made out here. I personally use it almost every day, basically. I, I would probably say I'm closer to every day than anything else, any other way you could describe this thing. It's great for me because I'm always on the go always have some errand to run or something to ride or something like that. Avery got into some kind of trash or something, so I have to clean up and don't have enough time to 
uh, eat a full meal. Built Bar is, is, has been great with that. I've lost weight since we've started working with them because it's a super healthy bar. Great flavors, great textures, just an all around fantastic product. So one more time, head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON to save 20% off your next order. BuiltBar.com, the best protein bar you'll ever eat. I know you're huge into jersey talk, but did you see the uh, earned edition jerseys? Oh, yeah, those look good. I like those. You like them? Yeah. You think I'd like them more if they were black. I'm not sure about the gray. I don't know why in sports. They we... not... Maybe I looked at I... the ones I saw were black. Just like a charcoal gray. Oh, interesting. It's yeah, like a deep, black deep gray. Okay. Um, I don't huh. know why we're trying, to in... we're trying to involve gray in sports. Like, did you see the, the Clippers ones? They look like jammies. No. They look like. PJs, <laughs> idiots. I like that they're kind of like unearned. Like they, like they, <laughs> you have like they're all the earned editions, and they're like Clippers. Get out of the second round, and we'll give you color on your jerseys. What does that look like when they play in those uniforms in Brooklyn? <laughs> Pleasantville. Like it's just, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna. <laughs> but all right, so uh, I have uh, so here's a, a couple directions we could go in here. So NBA scout thinks Kyle Kuzma extension is a bargain for the Lakers. Uh, you had the league making two-way players and get, getting rid of the limit that they could uh, play up with the main team at this point. Um, LeBron James wants to play with his son, Bronny, and Jeannie Buss wants him as long as the Lakers uh, uh, wants him with the Lakers as long as he wants. Um, ha- have any of these attracted any of your interest? Meh, I'm sorry. I just looked up the jerseys and see the gray now, and I'm not as much of a fan as I thought I was. They would look so good with black. They would be perfect. They even brought back gold as a color on the on the on the jersey. Yeah, yeah. I was excited. It would pop more with the black, but yeah. Anyway, um, it was the LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma, and Montrezl Harrell among finalists for the 2021 Olympic team. Eh. (laughs) Let's talk about Kuzma as as a as a bargain for the Lakers. That sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So this is from. Uh, according to Dan Wojcicki of the LA Times, uh, Kuzma's best basketball Kuzma's playing the best basketball of his career, helping the Lakers win in a bunch of different ways on a pretty consistent basis. His extension this offseason in the eyes of rival scouts is looking like a bargain. Uh, it, when he signed it, did you think we would get to a point where this would be considered a bargain? Uh, I thought it was possible. I thought it was like, hey, that's a reasonable deal for both sides when it was signed. Mm-hmm. Remember, John Hollinger said it was an awful contract. Like it was yeah. like, uh, um, <laughs> I'm. But I think he's still a colleague here. I don't even know. Whatever. <laughs> no comment. Um, yeah. So the, I'm surprised it happened this quickly. Right. And this is the season where Kuz has really shown his adaptability. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what spikes his value in a scout size. Right. It's because a guy like Kuz, you're probably not going to be contending for a championship at any point in his career if he's like a top two guy on your team. So if you're not a top two guy, but you can be whatever your otherwise championship team needs you to be. And like most guys can't do that. It was like, oh, mm-hmm. go get rebounds this year. Go turn into a defender all of a sudden. 
right? Like most guys can't change their stripes. They are who they are. That's how they got to the league. league. Mm-hmm. And that adaptability, that ability to put up 25 on one night and then put up six, but with really good defense and on another night and then grab 12, 13 rebounds on another night. Like just that variety is what makes him, because that becomes very important in the playoffs, right? Is like this team would be weak against the scorer version of Kyle Kuzma, but the other team, we need him to switch on to CJ McCollum, right? Mm-hmm. And defend and, or maybe they, you know, they'd never box out on the weak side and he can average a lot of boards. That's where that, that value really comes in. So I'm just surprised it happened so quickly. I like, I like this mortar version of Kuzma, you know? Mortar. Yeah. Like, like, you know, you have your bricks in, in AD and LeBron, and then you have this guy who, you know, is really good at filling in those gaps is just has, has, has figured out a way to, uh, like you said, adapt to whatever it is that the Lakers need. Now, are there games where he adapts to maybe the wrong thing? I For think sure. that we've seen a couple mm-hmm. of those. Yep. Um, and, and I think as he, like continues to develop mentally he'll more quickly identify what he needs to be for the Lakers on any given night Uh, but but the fact that like it's a lot easier to figure out the situational need than it is to develop the skill set to fill that need because there are a lot of guys who just don't have that skill set that are incapable of that skill set we're really good players right that just can't adapt to it can't be something different from game to game yeah, and and I, I think that's where this extension really shows its value, and that the Lakers know. All right, so they had they. If you're going to have two superstars, and we'll see, like you know, maybe the right third superstar comes along, and the Lakers go in that direction where they say, "All right, we're just gonna trade," you know, whether it's Kuzma and KCP, and go out there and get superstar X. Maybe that's the direction that the Lakers go in after playing against the Brooklyn Nets this year. Who knows? But with the way that the Lakers are built right now, that third player or one of their third players had to be a version of Kyle Kuzma, right? One of their, because what we see with the Lakers right now is that they have two just bona fide superstars. And then they have a collection of guys who on any given night could be the third best player. Mm-hmm. But what you need there is, is if that's going to be the direction that you go in is you need those guys to be as versatile as possible because they aren't going to be as talented as that third superstar could potentially be, or the third superstar that they're going to have to go up against in a series like they would against Brooklyn. I think it's a mix of guys like that, that have that versatility and adaptability and then specialists, mm-hmm. right? guys who are really good at one or two things and maybe don't have that same degree of versatility. But if the the opponent is weak in this certain area and you got this great weapon off the bench, that's great at that thing that they're weak against, those guys can be really devastating. So I think it's a mix of those two things, but it has to be very specific when you've Mm -hmm. got LeBron and AD, what your specialty is, right? Because you might have that, uh, you might have that, right? And this could could be Trez, right? The version mm-hmm. of Trez that doesn't work out in the playoffs is one that, like, yeah, he's a great offensive player, great score, but like, we got LeBron and AD taking up all the possessions, right? And that's why I think Trez is going to be a mid game player in the playoffs and not close all that often. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, the, those guys that 
that have that degree of versatility and especially defense becomes such a big part of that. Cause it don't matter how many stars you have on your team. If you can defend at a high level and, and, and uh, there's versatility on that end as well, then that fits in with whatever superstars that you have. And so Kuz developing that over the last year, year and a half and getting a lot better. Remember how bad he was on defense, man. First couple of years, <laughs> it's a damn miracle. He's at this point. I'm not yeah. saying he's an all NBA defender or anything like that, but like, I don't Kuz gets switched onto somebody. There isn't a, a, a common situation that Kuz gets put in where I'm like, Oh, we're in trouble on this play. And that's not true <laughs> of every guy that we have. Play. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I, the yeah, fact that we're ahead. here is amazing. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and by the way, like his improvement on defense to me extends to what he's capable of to where this extension, like by the time it's actually over, could have really been a, a, a an incredible value. And, and so like what we, what we might see from him in, in the second and third year of this extension might even be better than it is right now. And if a rival scout is already saying it's an, it's a, it's a, it's a bargain now, then you, we might not even know what it could be a couple of years from now. That's right. He's illustrated the ability to grow, which is not mm-hmm. necessarily something that, and that's some, something that sometimes guys are basically the same guy they were at 19 and 20 mm-hmm. and uh, other guys continue to improve. Even LeBron has gotten better throughout his career, well into his thirties. Right. Mm-hmm. And so a player that illustrates that capability, you're absolutely right. In year two and three of this deal, it could look like even more of a bargain than it does now. Absolutely. Which, you know, kind of ties this whole show together and like finding Kuzma and, and signing him at, a bargain type contract that he's not pissed about, by the way, like he's, he's not wa- walking around angry at the organization in the way that like Scotty Pippen was when he was, when he was sure. signed to, to his deal in Chicago. Um, you know, the fact that Jeannie can kind of comfortably say, yeah, we have a core of two of the top five players in, in the NBA. We have a young guy signed to a team friendly deal who makes up a lot of the things that helps us win basketball games. We have a scouting department who is, or that is very capable of continuing to equip us with young players who can grow and and hopefully extend this window to a certain extent. And, and we have a culture organizationally speaking that players want to play in you know this is the you, how many guys we, we we've marveled this year at how many guys the lakers have who are paid below market value and and so when you combine all these things together when the lakers go above luxury tax that dollar is going even that luxury tax dollar is going further than it would for any other organization or many other organizations and you combine all those things together and and you know one it's great to hear an owner say that and just come out and say yeah we're willing to pay because we have lebron james and we're capable of winning championships plural and then and then knowing and identifying the the path forward for that and understanding that the the ways that the lakers can be smart in that spending even while they're capable of spending more than other organizations like this is a really good spot that the lakers find themselves in and 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 i know you know there are there are some things that we have been frustrated uh, with over the course of this season and stuff like that. But it's, it's every so often you do got to take a step back and marvel at the forest before you get too upset about the, the, the single hole in the tree that a woodpecker has been going at for a week. 
That's right. You know? And the, this All Star break is a good time to do that. We'll be back in the in the trees very yeah, soon. Oh yeah, Friday. That's right. I can't wait to start getting annoyed. Or whenever AD comes back, it's like, man, I he, maybe he should just sit longer. <laughs> I guarantee you, I'm gonna send a, I'm gonna send a stupid tweet like that. Uh, I do hope everybody does get better. Quick updates on that before we send you into the weekend. Uh, AD is going to be reassessed after this next game. Marcus Saul is still out on the um, on the league safety protocols, so we have to keep an eye on that. Uh, it does appear, though, that everybody else on the roster is is rested up and, and ready to go for the second half of the season. So, uh, you know, the, the sooner we can get everybody together and the sooner that we iron out some of the wrinkles that they are going to hopefully iron out over the next couple weeks before we get to that March 25 deadline, uh, we'll see what the Lakers have getting ready for this postseason. And, and it's, it's, it's pretty exciting stuff all around. That's going to do it, though, for this episode and this week's episodes of the Locked On Lakers podcast. Thank you guys very much for the questions uh, that you guys sent in as well. Another reminder to download that lock, Locker Room app. Uh, I'm going to start hopping on there once a week starting next week. Uh, so, so that'll be fun to interact with you guys on a more direct basis. Uh, you can find that everywhere that you find applications um, on, on your phones. Um, until next week, have a great rest of your weekend. Make somebody else's talk on Monday.